Hey, Caitlin. How are you? We're great. Good. How about yourself? Good. Um, I'm like halfway through doing my hair right now, so just don't mind me. My name is Caitlin Gonzalez, and I graduated from Gonzaga in 2016 with degrees in business administration and accounting and a concentration in marketing. I then went on to get my master's in publishing from Simon Fraser University in Vancouver, BC, and I currently work at Amazon as a marketing specialist within Amazon Advertising. My name is Brick Jennings. I'm a senior at Gonzaga University, and this is Careers in Marketing, the Gonzaga podcast. Today I sat down with Caitlin Gonzalez, a 2016 Gonzaga graduate. Being so fresh out of college, Caitlin presents an insightful view into the early post-college experience. From getting her master's in publishing to making many moves early on in her career, Caitlin shares with me how she assesses what qualities make a position right for her. What kind of motivated you while at GU to pick the uh, concentration and major you did? I came into Gonzaga intending to get a degree in business with marketing. I'd always kind of liked the idea of marketing. I'd done like some random stuff in high school, like projects and stuff that related to it. So that was always my goal. And then I got to Gonzaga and I saw an opportunity as well, sophomore year after my first accounting class to pick that up as like my second major. So I did. And then... That was the two things that I graduated with. What motivated you to choose Gonzaga as a senior in high school? My parents, when they were first married and right before I was born, actually lived um, on Ermina. So they were about three quarters of a mile from campus. So I'd kind of always grown up like hearing about the Zags, and um, but didn't really know a whole lot about the school or anything like that. And then... When I started looking at schools, I knew that I didn't want to be in Western Washington. I didn't want to be that close to home. So I looked at schools either outside of state or in Eastern Washington. And the moment that I stepped on Gonzaga's campus, I just knew it was home. We're definitely going to touch on publishing. So we know you worked at Spires all four years. Can you tell us about that experience and why? what really brought you to publishing and made it a passion for you? So I started doing yearbook in middle school. I just picked it up as an extra curricular that I thought might be kind of fun. And then I did it throughout high school as well. So by the time that I graduated from Gonzaga, I'd been doing it for about 10 years. And it was one of those things that I loved in high school. It was a passion for me. I was the editor for two years in high school. So once I got to Gonzaga, I knew that's something else that I wanted to get involved with again. And I just made it happen, and um, there was a little bit of the publishing that I enjoyed, but I really liked having a creative outlet and a place where I could go and just feel at home with a group of people who kind of thought the same way. Do you think you still have like the opportunity to be creative in your current role and kind of be that creative outlet? Yeah, actually I do. Um, that was something where when I knew, once I got to Amazon and I was in recruiting and that wasn't necessarily what I wanted to be doing. I needed to get back into marketing and have some element where I could have a creative outlet. So, I mean, now it's creating presentations and content and webinars for advertisers. That's a lot of what I do in my day-to-day job and talking to them about how to improve their advertising. And that 
kind of comes back to a little bit of the marketing of how do you get people to stay on advertising, but also I get to create the content and then like get it edited and go through that whole process with um, like a design team and stuff too. Uh, while at college, were there any things you wish you would have done? Like learn some hard skills, travel more, go to more basketball <laughs> games? Um, always more basketball games. You don't realize how much you appreciate those until after you graduate and you can't go to them anymore. Right after I graduated, I sometimes question why I got the degrees that I did because I was like, I'm not ever going to do accounting and I know that. So why did I actually get myself this accounting degree? Um, but in the long run, I have a decent understanding of business and making money and being profitable and that's a really big benefit I think what I did at Gonzaga was where my passions lied and I stayed plenty busy <laughs> to be able to handle all of that and still enjoy my time doing like things like going to basketball games and spending time with friends because you'll never get to be in an environment again where all of your best friends live within a half mile radius of you So senior college has a pretty similar expectation, I feel like, to your senior high school where students are supposed to have a plan by graduation. You chose to pursue a master's. What led you to this decision? Um, there were a couple of different factors. I knew that at some point I wanted to get a master's degree no matter what. That was a goal for myself. And I also know myself well enough to know that I didn't really want to have to go back to school in a couple of years to pursue that and sitting here three years out I that's literally the last thing that I would want to be doing right now anyways so I decided that I was going to do that right after graduation um there was also just the thought process of my dad was in the air force for the majority of my life and after 9-11 happened he um ended up going and serving in Iraq and Afghanistan um, he was not on the ground in either of those places, but yeah, he ended up putting in enough time to where once he realized that the GI Bill was able, you were able to pass it on to your kids or your spouse or something like that, he passed it on to me. And it ended up helping out a lot throughout school at Gonzaga because it helps pay for your courses. That's the whole purpose of it. Did you kind of feel any like FOMO? with that decision, like a lot of people would choose to kind of jumpstart their careers rather than getting their masters, or do you think that was the best decision? Um, I think the biggest amount of FOMO is that after graduation, a lot of my friends moved right back to Seattle, and I did not, so they spent their first year after graduation in Seattle all getting to experience that together and like get to learn Seattle in that way, and instead I moved to Vancouver, BC. Um, and by the time I moved back home from Vancouver, several of them had like either moved away or were in the process of figuring out what their next step might be. So it put me a year behind experience-wise, a lot of my friends, but in this long run, it also, I had a master's when I got home. So it was a positive thing too. So that first year out of college, you went to Canada. What was it like living out of America for the first year? Um... I fell in love with Vancouver. I, When I was looking for a master's degree, I had a couple of different reasons why Vancouver was where I was looking. But 
ultimately I found two programs up there that I was really interested in. One was in publishing and one was in digital media. And the one that I got into was publishing. And I lived in downtown Vancouver. My walk to school was two blocks. Once I got an internship up there, my walk to the internship was three blocks. So everything was really close. And it was close enough to home that I could come home on a weekend here and there and feel good about that. My friends could come visit if they wanted to. My parents could come visit if they wanted to. But I, before applying, I'd never once visited Vancouver. So I went in kind of blind and fell in love. As a requirement for a master's, Caitlin had to get an internship while in Vancouver. So for four months, she worked at a content marketing startup, which was the eventual topic she wrote her master's thesis on. Uh, circling back to Vancouver again, what were the big reasons for uh, looking at uh, British Columbia and, Canada and Vancouver? Um, so one of them was at the time I was dating somebody from Canada. He was also going to Gonzaga and I thought of if there was any chance that I was going to try and continue to make that relationship work. Me moving to Canada was like really going to be a hard process. Whereas me going to school in Canada was me doing something for me that was no matter what, something I wanted to be doing. And... Vancouver seemed like a really cool city, and I found some degrees that I was interested in. So it was easy for me to say, well, if I'm at least making this move because it's going to benefit me in the long run, if the relationship doesn't end up working out, I come out on the other side with a positive outcome. And the relationship did not work out, but the degree did. So that was great. When deciding on what master's degree to pursue, Caitlin knew what she didn't want right off the bat. The first was a master's in accounting, and the second was an MBA. While she concentrated in both these fields while at Gonzaga, she knew in the long run what she wanted to do, and that was marketing. No master's degree in Washington or across the country really spoke to Caitlin, but she did find programs in Vancouver, which were due 11 days after finding them. Caitlin scrambled, emailing the registration's office, and ended up getting 15 days extra to complete her application. Caitlin said you would never know unless you ask. By advocating for herself, she was able to complete her application and ended up getting into the Master's of Publishing program. Um, so after finishing your master's degree, we know you moved back home. Can you walk us through like that second year out of college? Like what were you doing? Where did you get started first when moving back? Yeah, so I moved back because, so my lease in Vancouver on my studio was for a year and that was also when my internship was ending and the program and all my classes were technically over. So moving back was just kind of the best option for me, no matter what, for, especially from a cost-saving perspective. And I had to write my thesis for the program that I'd been in. So I moved home and I started into writing that thesis. And then I also worked 20 hours a week for the place that I'd been interning at all summer, just remote and continuing to do my job because a couple of people had all left around the same time as I did. And it was a great opportunity for me to stay on the account that I was literally writing a report about and continue to learn. And then in that time frame, I decided me writing a paper for 20 hours a week and also me working 20 hours a week just wasn't enough, apparently. And I also started working for Lululemon at that point, too. So then I went from, like, working 40-ish hours a week, technically, to working about 60 hours a week. 
while you were going through that process, like getting near the end, were you looking for other jobs at the same time? Yeah, I was. I when I moved home, I I moved home, so I was living with my parents, and I really thought that within about four months, I would have figure I would have wrapped up my thesis and have that completely done by the end of the year, and that I would hopefully have a job. Ideally, that was my goal for myself. So I, by the end of the year, so about four months into living with my parents, I could move out. Um, that's not how it worked out, and that's just part of life. I ended up over-taxing myself. And this is, you know, people talk about failures and, like, what's your biggest failure? For me, this wasn't totally failure, but it felt that way at the time. I over-taxed myself and had myself so busy for those four months that I didn't end up finishing my thesis on time and I had to do an extra semester. Caitlin remained at home while continuing to finish her thesis and working at Lululemon. Eventually her freelance contract finished and she had 20 extra hours a week to work on her thesis and look for a full-time job, her eventual next step. Caitlin happened to cross an accounting firm that was looking to hire a marketing employee with little to no experience. And I had an accounting degree so I was like I could I could do marketing in an accounting firm. That makes sense to me. So I applied and I ended up getting the job. And that was the end of February of 2018. And I got that job and it was pretty much the worst possible fit for me as a full-time position. And I ended up deciding after five four weeks technically that I didn't want to continue to do that job and I knew that I had enough other things on my resume that were still relevant at that point when I was still technically in school and I was still working at Lululemon that I just turned in my two weeks and I quit after four weeks (laughs) because I was so unhappy and I knew that that was not how I should feel in any position in my life. I do think there is a lot of value in like knowing it wasn't a good fit though right like there is something to be said about having this job knowing it didn't work out and then knowing why so you can apply that better do you kind of agree with that absolutely yeah yeah i think reflecting on experiences and figuring out what was good and wasn't good about them is a huge i mean that was a huge takeaway for me During the initial interview we had with Caitlin, she told us about four pillars she uses when assessing if a job is right for her. We asked her how she looked at these pillars after choosing to leave the job at the accounting firm. Yeah, so after I quit that job at that accounting firm, I went back to working more at Lulu. And in that time frame, I was significantly happier. And a job opportunity ended up coming onto my plate about two months later, where it was a contract job working at Amazon within recruiting, which was never anything I saw myself doing. And I ended up getting the job. One of my friends from Gondaga was a recruiter on the overall team that I ended up working with. And I was a recruiting coordinator, so my whole job function was scheduling interviews for people coming in to interview at Amazon. And immediately, the job function for me wasn't perfect, and I knew that going in, and I was okay with that because other things felt good. And this is where I started to reflect back and look at what that previous job had been like and what my internship in Vancouver had been like and every other job experience I had before. And there's a 
couple of things that I think every place that you work has, and that's, do you like the work environment or in the company? Do you like your manager? Do you like your team? And do you like your job function? So it's those four pillars. And at the accounting firm that I was at, I can honestly say that I had zero of those four. I didn't really, the company itself was a good company and I'll stand by that. And I'm happy to say that. I didn't think it was a good company for me. So once I started at Amazon and I was in recruiting and the job function wasn't really ideal for me necessarily, but I loved my manager. I really liked my team and I loved working at Amazon. So I had three out of those four. And for me, I think if you have three out of those four things, you're going to be okay for a long time. If you have two out of four, you'll probably still be okay. But one out of four is when I start to question, is this worth your time? So you said the job at Amazon was contracted. How long was that contract for? And while during that time, did you think you would stay at Amazon? Were you looking at other stuff? So when your contract had ended, you'd have a plan? It was definitely a mixture. So my contract was for seven months. I started in May, so that took me up through December timeframe. And I didn't necessarily know how much I was going to like it. I'd said for a really long time, you know, people talk about, oh, it's like Amazon, that'd be such a cool company to work for. And I kept saying, you know, I really think I should be somewhere smaller. I don't know that a company that's, that is that big is going to be great for me. But in the future, I could really see myself wanting to be there. And that future part of it came a lot sooner than I thought it was going to. Caitlin ended up applying for two jobs at Amazon before her contract ended. Despite not getting her first choice, she did get a full-time role in the recruiting position she was originally contracted for. I think recruiting is a super interesting like job to have. A lot of current students kind of wonder what like recruiters might be looking for, like how to get your resume read, or how do you get your foot in it uh, in the door at a really like attractive company like Amazon, do you have any advice? Um, a couple of different things. I think, you know, you hear a lot about connections these days, and if you have a connection, utilize it, and I think that's really true. If you know someone and they're working at a company that you're excited about, even if they can't refer you or they might not have a position open that they know about, talk to them about it, see what they have to say about the company, and get their opinion, because in the long run, just having those conversations could be beneficial, and you never know when down the road they might say, like, actually, my team is hiring now, or something like that. Do you think it can be really beneficial to find somebody who maybe went to Gonzaga who works at the company and messaged them on LinkedIn and just say, hey, I'm intrigued by your company. We both went to Gonzaga. Like, would you be willing to talk to me? So many people are willing to have that mentorship type role, but nobody ever asks them about it. So eventually you did switch out of recruiting at Amazon. Can you tell us about that experience? Yeah. So I, once again, even from the day that I was hired as a full-time employee at Amazon, my manager knew that recruiting was not a long-term goal for me and that realistically I wanted to be in marketing. So I had been keeping an eye on the job boards for a while, but I also didn't want to get into that full-time position and leave her immediately because, you know, managers get these jobs open. It was beneficial to me to stay on that team for a while and build up a rapport with her, build up a rapport with my team, and feel like I was truly an Amazon employee before I tried to move on. So that by the time I did and I started reaching out to people, 
I, you know, I got really lucky because I only reached out to two different managers for other jobs. One was an author relationship manager role. So I would have been working with Amazon's authors on a daily basis, which for me with a publishing degree made a lot of sense. Um, I, that job got filled before I could actually interview. And then the next one that popped up that I was interested in was the job that I ended up getting. So it's a marketing specialist role within Amazon advertising. And I just reached out to the manager and said, Hey, I saw your role. I'm, um, here's a bit about what my past experience has been. And this is what I'm doing now, but I'm looking to get back into marketing and I'd love to set up a chat if you have time. So he responded a couple of days later and I went and met him and the whole job rec that he had actually like posted on our job board didn't really explain well what the role was going to be. But I was really glad that I talked to him one-on-one and got to hear more of what his plan was going to be for me. And if I were to get the role, so then he said, you know, talk to someone else on my team. And that's pretty common where, you know, I can talk to him and he can tell me what he wants the job to be, but then talk to someone on his team and figure out what they actually think the job is. So I talked to her and I immediately connected with her and felt like, okay, this could be a good place. I said I wanted to interview and he said, okay, great, we'll set that up, which they don't have to say that just because I want to interview doesn't mean that they want to interview me. So I got really lucky there and I interviewed and ended up getting the job. Can you kind of walk us through like your average day to day? Because we're kind of curious, uh, we want to hear a lot about how Gonzaga students are actually applying their degree and like what you do in your day-to-day could really help with that. Yeah. So I'm going to start out with saying a bit of what Amazon Advertising does. We support the entire back-end system of any sponsored ads that you see on Amazon.com. So my day-to-day job is talking to... In general, it's talking to advertisers about our products and helping them to improve their advertising campaigns on Amazon. So I talk to some people on a one-on-one basis. So I truly get on the phone with them. If I'm at a conference, then I talk to them face-to-face and we go through their campaigns and figure out what's going on and what they're spending their money on and is that getting them a good return. And then the one to few concept that I also do is talking to people, not in that one-on-one, so just like me and someone else, but me talking to multiple people, maybe through a webinar, so online educational content, and talking to them on a bigger level about Amazon advertising products and how to improve their campaigns. Okay. Um, so along with those webinars, what is it like making them? Is that a fun process? Do you kind of dread it? What's good about that? Good about that? Um, I don't really dread it. I think the hardest part is figuring out what's going to be beneficial to our advertisers to learn. The process for creating webinars is kind of like creating content, and that's what I've. That's where my skill set has been at in the past and the other jobs that I and like the internship that I worked. So it's figuring out what advertisers actually want to know, but what we're actually able to tell them about our systems. But I also really enjoy creating content, and that's something that I'm passionate about, and it's something that I see myself doing in the future. So 
I enjoy it because essentially webinars are a form of content and it's a form of educational content for people who will come to the webinars, learn, and then make changes in their campaigns and hopefully continue to make money on Amazon. So circling back to Amazon, uh, you said Amazon's kind of broken up into very different parts. Is the interviewing process very different in each part? And can you kind of talk about interviewing at Amazon in general? Yeah, interviewing at Amazon, no matter what role you're interviewing for, is going to be similar in certain ways and and different based on the technical skills that they need from you. So for me in marketing, I my technical skill set is pretty limited. That's just a fact. But if you're interviewing to be a software development engineer, you're going to come in and spend an entire day talking about how to write code. I know nothing about that. I don't need to know anything about that. I'm in marketing. So essentially, if you're interviewing at Amazon, you're going to go through one, at least one phone screen where you're talking to either someone who's currently on the team or someone who is the manager for a team on, for the role that you're applying for. You're going to spend time talking with a recruiter as well before that hopefully that's the way that it should go as well as after that and if they push you through to the next step then ideally that's going to be an on-site interview where they're going to fly you to wherever the job is located and you're going to spend almost a full day talking to different people at Amazon so for me as an entry level essentially person coming to interview at Amazon my day ended up being about four or five hours and all of the interviews are star format so situation task action results <laughs> yeah Love and it's star <laughs> <laughs> yep so they want to know they're trying to dive into what your experience is and how you deal with problems essentially does it feel very like formal or is it more kind of laid back the whole interview process like if it's four hours you would think it'd be very formal the whole time can you kind of speak to like the culture of that well, at Amazon, if you're speaking just about culture, we all wear jeans every day, pretty much. I know of a VP of a business who wears sweatpants. So that should tell you a little bit of something about our culture. We're a little different. People call us, or I guess we call ourselves peculiar. Okay, cool. We're peculiar, sure. But you can show up to your interview wearing jeans, which is kind of nice. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it doesn't, that's not, doesn't necessarily mean that you should, but if you show up wearing a full suit, and this is something that if you're going to interview with Amazon and you're talking to a recruiter on the phone, they should warn you of that. That if you're showing up wearing a full suit, that's over the top for Amazon. But, like, wear a button-down, wear some jeans, you know, still look presentable. Honestly, that sounds more stressful for me. Like, I have to present, like, an authentic and realistic view of myself rather than, like, my suit self. But... It's still putting your best foot forward, but it's putting your best foot forward in a way where you would hopefully feel more comfortable. So I'm sure students are very interested in Amazon. Can you, do you have any more advice for the interview process? Yeah, so we have... 14 leadership principles at Amazon. You can truly Google Amazon leadership principles and they'll all pop up. And it's 14 ways that we try and think and make decisions. So some of them are really basic and obvious, like customer obsession. We want to be a customer obsessed company because 
pretty much every stakeholder that we will ever talk to is in some way our customer, whether it's the people shopping on Amazon.com or the people who sell on Amazon or the people if you're with AWS, which is Amazon Web Services, and it's the cloud platform that a lot of websites are run off of. The people who run their websites on Amazon Web Services, those are our customers too. So that's a huge leadership principle, and they're going to ask you questions that are somehow based off of that leadership principle. It might not be super obvious, and you have to go in and read the leadership principles yourself and figure out what are things that I've done in my past that are related to being obsessed with my customers. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so in your pre in our pre-interview, you mentioned it's important for young professionals to advocate yourself, especially as a woman. Can you kind of touch on that more and your thought process behind that? Yeah, I think that kind of comes back to a couple of things that I've mentioned so far. If you don't ask a question, then you're never going to know the answer. The worst thing someone's going to say is no. But hopefully they're going to say yes. So I, you know, if it comes to things like asking for, well, for example, when I actually got the job and I got my full-time offer, I knew that asking for more, I might just get a straight up no. And that was going to be okay because at the end of the day, if I asked and the answer was no, then that's fine. But if I didn't ask and the answer had been yes, then who's to say that I wasn't going to make 10% more than what I was initially offered? So when I got the initial job offer, I went through and I read my entire contract. And then I went back to my recruiter and said, actually, I'd like to have this much more per hour. And she said, I can't promise anything, but I'll go, I'll get back to you in the next day or so. And she came back to me and she came back to me with more money. So... It wasn't a huge amount, but if I hadn't asked, I wouldn't have gotten that extra a little bit. So it's it's things like that where if the worst that's going to happen is no. So looking towards the future, um, what's next? Where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? Do you have, think you'll still be at Amazon? What uh, potential like career would you want? Um, I definitely see myself at Amazon for a while longer. I am thinking in the long run, so I have this degree in publishing, and I would like to be doing publishing in the next couple of years. And Amazon was initially created as a company that sold books, and they are now a company that still sells books, as well as has their own publishing branch. They have Audible, they have Kindle, so there's all these different areas within publishing that... I think there's a lot of opportunity, and I'd really like to see myself move into one of those areas next. Um, I'll be in advertising for a while. I really like my role, and I like the team that I'm on, and I see a lot of room for growth for myself in this role. But in the long run, publishing is my goal. Um, so kind of our final question for now. Going back, is there any advice you would give to current students or students that are going to be graduating in the next year? There's a really good chance the very first job you're going to get out get when you get out of college will not be the perfect job. Just because I say that there's these four things that you might want out of a job doesn't mean that you're going to find that perfect fit right away. It's taken me a little bit of time, personally. I know that most of my friends has taken them time too, and it's you're not you're not at fault, and it's not your fault if you don't find that right away. Give yourself some time. Find yourself a job where you you find things that you're passionate about or where you like the company and you see room for growth 
and work there for a while and then make choices from there. I think that's a really okay thing. And if you don't find a job the moment for the moment that you're graduating from college, that's also really okay. Today's episode was produced and edited by Devin Smith. Music courtesy of Music Box Licensing. Download other episodes on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast.